Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellarive. And I have uh, two wonderful people joining me today. Of course, Kevin Hayes, our media director and strategist, and our Hello. special guest from Calgary, Darby Sieben. And Darby, welcome to the podcast. Ah, thanks, David. Um, looking forward to it. Can you can you start by maybe telling us um, who you are and uh, what you do? Sure, absolutely. So my, my current uh, role, um, I head up, uh, I'm Vice President of Strategy and Partnerships and M&A for Yellow Pages Group. Uh, that's kind of my primary focus. Uh, within that, I sit on the board of a few of the companies that YP owns. Uh, Coupon, which is a digital uh, couponing company. Um, MyTime, which is a software as a service company based out of San Francisco. Uh, but my primary focus is obviously growing the entire portfolio of the Yellow Pages family from a partnership perspective. So that means, you know, we manage the Google reseller relationship, the Facebook relationship, the distribution relationship that we have with Apple. Um, and prior to that, I ran the national business for Yellow Pages for a couple of years. I uh, ran all of our traffic and distribution for the last 10, basically, I came in as a digital specialist. And I'm more of a startup guy as well. So the, my, I joined YP after uh, uh, Yellow Pages uh, purchased a company of mine in 2005. And so I've been with the company, I guess, now for um, as an employee for about 10 years. Oh, fantastic. So tell me a little bit about what Yellow Pages is doing. Uh, well, we are in a, in, I mean, as, as probably most um, uh, people would know, we're in a pretty big transformational moment. Um, to give you some context, when I started the company in 2006, um, you know, we were doing less than $100 million in digital revenue and almost a billion dollars in print revenue uh, across all of our business units. So our first transformation has really been print to digital. Uh, last year we finished where about 70% of our company is now actual digital um, in terms of digital revenues. Um, print is still important in some rural markets, but in some larger markets like downtown Toronto, we no longer print publications. Uh, they're available on demand. And so print as a product is evolving kind of a way. Um, so our first transformation was print to digital. Uh, our second transformation is web to mobile, and, and that's obviously a big component. Um, you know, we went from being print as a primary distribution to web as being primary distribution, and now we're into mobile as being primary distribution. Um, and that's obviously been a big transformation. And the third part of our business is transforming from an advertising company to a transactional-based company, uh, which is, you know, one of the acquisitions we did this year. Uh, with my time, which is a software as a service, so it's a CRM, and it's moving more towards the back office and helping customers with their existing client base, growing, you know, profitable customers as opposed to their straight uh, straight advertising. So, a lot of transformation within the organization um, over the last uh, ten years, um, but obviously it was a transformation that needed to happen, uh, especially when you're grounded in uh, in a print. Um, you know, in a print world, but I think we've successfully transformed uh, the business, at least digital, and now we, you know, need to continue on our, our path of transformation. I have, I have so many questions. So, now, <laughs> <laughs> the first being, well, um, I guess you've moved completely away from uh, a directory, and uh, have you also, are you also changing the yellow pages to, you called it YP, is that sort of uh, a branding shift, or is that just a... Uh, an internal moniker. 
Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. We, we've been fighting, we've been debating this one for a while uh, around, you keep the Yellow Pages name or not? And of course, in Canada, it is a very iconic name. Um, maybe not so much with the younger generation, but definitely there's a large portion of the Canadian population when they see our logo and they see our name, they understand who we are and what we do. One of the challenges, however, they still think that we're a print uh, company. And so, you know, YP is what we really use digitally. Yellow Pages is kind of what we use as a, as a, as a company name or as a corporate, uh, as a corporate name. Um, but when I think about the business, um, you know, the business, the business of connecting um, consumers and, and businesses in some sort of meaningful transaction hasn't really changed. I mean, since Bell published its first print directory 100 years ago, or even since the beginning of commerce, the need of connection hasn't changed. The way that connection has worked has obviously changed over time. And so when we think of our business today, you know, I would argue 20 years ago, people thought we were in the print distribution business, Um, but we actually weren't. We were actually still in the connection business. Today, we're still in the connection business. The only difference is the connection means some people use print because some consumers want to use that as an option. Other people will use the web. Other people will use mobile. Other people will use a combination of five or six different things. Other people will use Apple Maps. And so our philosophy is as long as we hold true to the core problem we're trying to solve, which is helping businesses effectively connect to their customers, Let's not worry about where the customers come in. Let's just make sure we position businesses across all of those paths. And that's probably been the big fundamental shift of the business is changing what is the core of what we do, which is not just distributing a book, but going back to the roots of what Yellow Pages has always been, which is just connecting people. And so how does that work now? How do, how do I, uh, as a business, what's the value that I get from Yellow Pages? Or as a consumer, where do I find Yellow Pages? Yeah, that's a good question. I think so they, I think there's two sides to it. <clears throat> so on the consumer end, um, you know, consumers have literally a plethora of places that they can go to. Um, they want to use Facebook in some cases. They want to use Google Search in others. They want to use Apple Maps. They want to use um, Messenger. Uh, they want to use a variety of those uh, different components in order to reach. Yelp is a good example as well. And so what we've realized is trying to control where a consumer goes is is just, you're not gonna win that war. Consumers are going to choose what they wanna do. However, every single platform has the exact same problem, whether it's Apple, Google, Facebook, or or, uh, any of the consumer properties that are out there, including YP. We still have 10 million people a month that pass through the properties that we own including us and that is actually the data and the accuracy of the data so it's it's your hours of operation it's your products and services do you take these in mastercard what when, when are you open when are you closed um you know what are the specialties that your business does and so for example we power a lot of the data behind what you're going to find in apple and their devices across ios um, that's all data that's coming from us. And we aggregate their, their data back and we can tell businesses how many calls and how many clicks to their website. We push that information to Google. We push that information to Facebook. We push it to Bing. And so in a lot of senses, we're still the aggregator of the content and the ability to have a conversation with Apple and distribute information at a large scale is what makes us relevant and why we're important to Apple. Because Apple and Google and Facebook, they don't have access to this information. 
they rely on third parties in order to get it. And so our role is really to make sure that it's, it's accurate. Then on the business side, it's really about simplicity. I think if I was a business owner 20 years ago, I, I think the world was awesome. I mean, I could really run a print ad in the directories, a couple of newspaper ads, a couple of radio spots, and that was pretty well it. I reached my audience and it was easy. Life was really, really simple. Digital has made things infinitely more complex for businesses. They are being hit with everything left, right, and center. The market's fragmenting. It's really, really complex. And I think business owners are just deciding how far do they want to try to manage this entire ecosystem themselves? Or do I find you know some company that can help me manage a portion of it and work with a few other companies? And I think that's where our value comes as YP is we allow a, a single point to get access to as much as possible. We may not be the perfect experts in all aspects, but we at least give you as much coverage as possible and try to simplify this ecosystem as much as possible. So as a business, I should really be paying some attention to my yellow page listing, or how does, how does that work? Yeah, it's, it's actually, we look at it as, as the content that we have within our database. Um, so we have obviously the listing information is one one thing, basic stuff, uh, address, phone number, etc. Uh, but a very large portion of what we're doing now is, is capturing all of the meta information, the hours of operation, the payment types, uh, the products and services collected, the photos, helping businesses with reviews because we know, you know, in in certain consumer properties having review information is important but in other ones hours of operation is really important and so it's really about how do we capture that data keep it in one centralized location and then distribute it to wherever the smb wants and of course our view is let's distribute it across as broadly as we can so google facebook the whole group um, because it's 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 important it's you know the small business has to be cognizant as well that they don't control where their consumers come from either and so they need to really make sure that they're, uh, they're they have as much coverage as possible and more than coverage accuracy because i think that's you know an interesting time we're heading into with uh, with accuracy of information from a consumer side um you you talk a bit about um Earlier, you said YP strategy was moving from web uh, to mobile, and that um, is an interesting concept. Uh, where you know a lot of when you hear businesses talk about their new websites, <clears throat> to them, mobile means responsive. Um, what does what does going to mobile mean for most businesses? Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. And so when I talk about the, the transformation of web to mobile, one of the challenges that we face as a company, um, which I think our, our our other internet players face as well, is, and I'm talking now not from a consumer perspective, I'm talking from a revenue perspective. Um, mobile's harder to monetize than the web, right? And so you can see the pressure that Google's under in terms of the transformation. You can see where you know Facebook's really actually the leader when it comes to to mobile by far. Um, but it's it's just a shift of, of where kind of the revenue comes from. From a consumer perspective, or from a business, small business perspective, um, I think the question about mobility is really a question of communication and interaction with their customers. It's not so much about a responsive design. Mm -hmm. It's it's really a question of, I mean, that's important. You want to make sure you have that. You absolutely want to make sure you have that. But is it, are you using mobility as a communications tool? Because you're going to have a subset of audience that may want to communicate with you via SMS, right? Not just phone call, but via SMS or maybe by a web form. So SMS is a component of it. How does that fit into it? And I think mobile is, 
not just a advertising strategy. I think mobile is an entire mindset of we now have consumers that are 100% mobile, they're moving, so the accuracy of even an address becomes critically important. The accuracy of understanding the pin to your location and the long related to that pin is critically important because if you're trying to direct somebody to your location in live matter and you're five or six stores off, it's not really a great user experience, right? And so I think businesses are starting to grasp the notion that yes, at least from an information perspective, let me put stuff onto onto mobile and make it look like my website. Mm -hmm. But I think there's very, very different use cases as why somebody uses mobile as opposed to why somebody uses desktop. And I think that's where businesses are need help. That's right. Uh, somebody using mobile, maybe they're out driving uh, to a mall or they're out on a Sunday afternoon. They're not going to your website. They're looking for immediate results such as phone numbers. Are they open right now? Do they have any specials? Can I buy a ticket for this thing on the way? You know, there's a whole bunch of different use case scenarios. Google does a... Um, really wonderful job of trying to get you to stay on Google and you don't need to go anywhere else. All the information's up there even, you know, as I become a, uh, as I become ingrained into the riders country uh, in Saskatchewan, <laughs> uh, I don't even need to go to the CFL.ca to find out the football schedule. It just, Google pulls it all up or, um, you know, it's available online. So um, how does that tie into, uh, as a business owner, um, you talked earlier about, um, the complexity of digital and now you've got all these listings and you've got Yelp reviews and you've got um, Google reviews and Google my business listings and yellow page listings like this seems like if I own a pizza shop uh, wow I don't even have time to you know uh, brush my teeth let alone update all these different listing places how, how does a small business get the most bang for their buck given the complexity of digital today yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And so here's here's my advice that I always give to small business owners when they think when they think about you know their business and how to position themselves in this ecosystem. And let's not you know first thing I caution them is don't get lost in the inertia of what digital is and all the complexity and all that. That's just a whole bunch of marketing stuff and. It, it's important, don't get me wrong, and obviously as Yellow Pages is important to us because we enable this, um, but that's not really the, the, the issue. I think what most businesses need to focus on is we're at this really interesting time where, you know, people like myself, um, um, I'm mid-40s, I actually saw the, the, the change from a traditional world to a digital world. But now we have new consumers that are coming up that have basically grown up completely digital. And so they don't care about the fact that we used to have modems. They don't care about the fact that that information, you know, was very, very hard. Their, their level of expectation is so high relative to accuracy that it's just not even a discussion anymore about kind of what was or, 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 or what is. And so I think for a small business owner, the first thing they really need to consider is what problem are they trying to solve? And are they doing it efficiently for their existing customers? And sometimes that may actually mean just understanding the experience that a consumer has when they come into their store as an example. So the pizza place is a good example. Um, my wife and I order from uh, a place that, that, that we order have to order via phone and it's great pizza. It frustrates the hell out of me as, as, as a consumer that I don't have a placed online order, or at least you recognize me from a CRM perspective because I order the exact same thing every time. Now, if I was probably 20 years younger, I would discount that business completely. 
And I'm only one taste test away from finding another pizza that's as good with that technology that's enabled to switch. Mm. So that business owner, don't worry about the digital complexity yet. Solve some of those core experiential problems that you may have within your business and then start to overlay all of the digital marketing that you're going to need. And, you know, the starting of digital marketing, very simple. Let's just make sure you control your information that it's accurate as far as many places as possible. I like that um, two-pronged approach or the two points you just laid out there. One is really forget digital, forget anything. What is the problem you're trying to solve and what are the tools you can best use to solve that? And in many cases um, on on mobile, um, it is um, location and uh, ease of ordering in your case with the wife uh, and you ordering pizza from the same location. Um, all the time so that is a fundamental and then the second piece is um, you know after you're figuring out what kind of problem you're trying to solve then you know what are the best tools to, to solve that and you know that can really help cut away some of the fat and the noise in the digital world where there is constantly every day new tools and cheap tools to use and it's really easy to get overwhelmed in the sea of, of well, digital I, I think the issue is <clears throat> sometimes is as as technologists and people in the technology space we put too much emphasis on the tools yeah and not on what the problem that's yeah, exactly mm-hmm. right and the, at the end of the day the problem is you have a consumer that wants to buy something you have a business that wants to sell something and everything's becoming democratized in terms of what you can buy and so we're really entering this this moment of exp- experiential marketing Right. Retail is not dead. Crappy retail is dead. <laughs> okay. Sears is because it's, it's a crappy retail experience. Amazon is thriving because it's an amazing retail experience. And there's lots of, you know, Sephora is a great example. They're thriving because they have a great experience. So if you get down to that notion of it, then the question is when you really understand what problem you're trying to solve, then you, it's easy to pick what are the technical tools to overlay on top of them. So Darby is one of the tools, and I'm, I'm curious to hear about you, the CRM tool that you're, you uh, teased us about at the start. Is this uh, something new or has this been around for a while? No, CRM's been uh, you know around um, for obviously a long time. I mean, Salesforce is one of the biggest you know CRM companies uh, that are out there. And so, you know, when we look at the marketplace, um, you know, we, we're partnering with a company called MyTime. Um, we bought a we bought a company uh, three years ago called Bookenda, which actually solved the issue of how to do seat management for restaurants. Um, and yes, we compete with Open Table on, on, on that side of it. Um, now with MyTime, we're offering scheduling and booking and CRM and POS, and it's really just a way to help the businesses that we have within our portfolio move from, I would call, um, maybe recording their scheduling by a pen and paper uh, or some sort of localized desktop experience to a cloud-based environment where it actually will start to enable them to really understand their customers more. And so we're entering the marketplace with some great companies that you know, that do this. I mean, MindBody is the biggest, uh, I think, in the in the health and wellness field, and I think they've done phenomenally well. Um, Open Table in the restaurant business. There's a lot of great uh, you know startups that are trying to solve the the scheduling, and I think it's an important issue for businesses that have a regular repeat of customers, where time, um, and you think of that hour slot. Um, the hours of your business is a non-renewable resource, meaning if you don't have somebody sitting at your chair from two to three, if that's your business, if you're a hair salon, and, and you lose that hour, you can never get it back. And so the question then becomes, why? 
and then how do you solve that? And we think that that helping businesses move their customer database into more of a CRM solution that's integrated, not just you know an email solution, but a much more integrated view, gives them the ability to cut down on the no-shows and gives them the ability to really grow um, and create better connections with their existing customers. And then if they need more new customers, we can help them with that. Um, and there's lots of great places that you can go get new customers, but it's really about helping their existing customers and understanding them better um, to lay the foundation for them to hopefully make better, better decisions in the future because as you know, for, for our business, we do well when our businesses do well. Um, you know, if, and one that right now, the big challenge and the big concern we have as a company is, you know, 10 to 15% of small businesses die every single year. And that's actually bad for the small business community. And that's actually bad for companies like us. So we need that small business sector to grow. And we think that, that CRM and cloud solutions are one way to, uh, to help them. Um, and we're just one player in that uh, in that in that space. We think we have a great solution, but we're just one player in that space. And so this uh, CRM that you're talking about <clears throat> is called MyTime. Yep. Uh, like M Y T I M E. Yep. Oh, excellent. And MyTime.com is where you go get it. That's uh, that's exactly it. And it's been around for four years, been operating in the U.S. And we looked at what they built, uh, which is another big shift I think that we've taken at Yellow Pages. We we realize we're not the best builders of technology and products, so we're gonna leave that to the experts. So mm-hmm. this is why we've done a lot of acquisitions to bring on companies where you know they're really true experts in building products, mm-hmm. and we're really good at, at marketing uh, across uh, across the country the size of, uh, of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, to switch gears just a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, um, Facebook has come out with their uh, bot, and so if you go to a Facebook business page now, automatically the messenger uh, window pops up on desktop and um, uh, Facebook has uh, introduced their bot customer service um, uh, application. There's a whole bunch of now third party services that can help you tap into um, Facebook Messenger uh, to provide some kind of instant customer service to the clients. And the whole idea is that um, you connect with your clients right away. And of course, Facebook Messenger has their own advertising now. And anyway, so that's evolving. How do, and this question may be big and awkward, so. Um, <laughs> How do how do businesses look at bots and AI and it's and and what does that mean for their business, especially now that Facebook is making it so um, accessible and these third party programs are making it so easy? What what is a business to do with this information? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good question. I think right now businesses um, have the ability to really stand out. And again, it comes down to they they really understand their customers and who they are. But I think businesses have the ability to really stand out. Um, if they embrace some of these tools uh, as communication tools. So if I look at Messenger today, and let me just take a step back. If you look in the Asian markets, I mean, WhatsApp, there's more bots created every day than there are web pages. Oh, wow. Right, the the whole ecosystem there, payments, everything is is completely built around this notion of of bots and SMS and messaging, et cetera. So that's gonna definitely come here. And I think it's just a generational thing. Uh, I think younger people are more uh, attuned to communicate that way, which you have to think of it from a business. That's no different than picking up the phone. But here's two things that still surprised me in 2017. Um, because we have a lot of call tracking numbers that exist in the marketplace. 
the amount of businesses today that still don't answer their phone. Mm. Okay, so again, you can solve all the problems with AI and you can do all of this stuff, but if you're actually not engaging in your existing customers, that's actually a big problem, you're losing it. So th that's one very big component. We, we conducted a test last fall. What we did on, on YP.ca is we enabled um, bot communication with most businesses. Uh, we just did it as, a, as an experiment, as a test, and what we were doing is we were converting the bot information down to an email and just sending it out. And what we realized was consumer adoption was there. But businesses didn't know what to do. And so now there's an education process to say, look, messaging is no different than somebody picking up the phone and calling you. Um, but you still have to make sure that you've got you know, the resources in place to be able to handle, uh, handle that. So I think from a business perspective today, businesses don't need to think about AI and all of that stuff. I think that's, that's a little bit out there. It's coming, believe me, but I think it's a little bit out there for them. But I think the ones that really understand, can I use this tool? Um, and can I use it to create a better experience today, messaging? And that might just be, just actually respond back. You could actually really distance yourself from your competitors very quickly. So another personal example, um, a month and a half ago, I wanted to get my car detailed. So this was a Friday night on a long weekend, and I went, you know, and you did the research across three detailing companies, and you realize the pricing's all about the same, and there's not really a lot of difference. So I send out a note to all three of them uh, instantly to find out, here's some of my questions that I had. Only one of them responded within 20 minutes. Ah. Mm -hmm. And started to engage a conversation with me a Friday at 10.30 at night. Yeah. Well, that's, that's he won the business. Yeah. Right? And it wasn't that the other two were any better because you know what, the reviews were good, it didn't matter. It was an engagement way. And that was just a, as a consumer, that's what I wanted to do at that moment in time. And so I think that's where some of those tools can really, really help. Um, and so I think that's that's why I always say to small businesses, focus on who your customers are, what, what's their pain points, what's their friction point. And if they wanna communicate with you at 11 o'clock at night, why would you say no? Mm -hmm. So is that, um, is that a common prob uh, problem that you see across businesses? Is that, um, I guess, or a, a, a great area for opportunity for improvement is uh, just uh, a longer engagement period? Like we're not open from nine to five anymore? I think so. I think, I think you know, in, in some ways um, where bots can really help out is if you look at a lot of the questions that businesses are going to get, um, and we start at the enterprise level, so we're doing this at YP, and you can see this now with cell phone companies, et cetera. And you could call it, you know, the old way used to be a really good, sophisticated AVR system. Yeah. Um, now we're just moving into much, much more intelligence. But, you know, if you have a lot of the common questions, um, allow that into a, a system, like a bot system that can say, hey, here's a bot that we have, let it communicate with you, but then be transparent with the user. This is automated, and you're now asking a question that I have, the automated machine can't do it, and so now, here's when somebody can come back to you, and if you want us to call you back, you know, enter your phone number here and tell us when, but then when you say you wanna call back at 10 o'clock, then as a business owner, make sure you call them back at 10. You know, make sure that the expectations are aligned between reality and what's going to happen. Uh, what's going to happen digitally? Well, that just ties right back into the high expectation that users today have. Um, take a look at Twitter and um, the expectations that users have to get customer support from their brands that they interact with on Twitter. And if you've ever uh, tweeted a brand on 
Twitter that doesn't respond back, oh, is that ever damaging to their brand, right? And so, you know, I want what I want, I want it now, and this whole, um, this is almost like a new pain uh, for the advanced consumer today. Their pain is, I want it now, and don't make me wait. Whereas 15 years ago, oh, the banks closed at five o'clock. Oh, that's a bad example, banks still close at five o'clock, but you know, a lot of other brands, you know, are closed at nine o'clock. But I, you know, this is this is when I'm home. This is when I'm relaxed. This is when I'm looking for auto detailing. This is when I want the information. I want to book the stuff now, uh, and I want the end result right now. And um, so bots are just a, another way to kind of enhance that. What I think is a new problem this year, which is the I want it now and I can't wait. Yeah, well, I think, but I think that's a problem that that if I if I kind of split it, I go back to the group that's growing up digitally. It's, it's not that they're demanding more, it's just they don't care about what the past was, mm. right? And so their expectations are very high. And I always look at it this way, when, when, when fridges first came out in the marketplace, people talked about how amazing a fridge was and the technology behind it. And then it was all about the stuff behind it. Well, today nobody talks about it. Nobody even knows how a fridge works, but we all have one. And the problem right now with digital is we're still talking about digital and technology as being things. Young people don't see them as things. Young people see them as this is just the way the world is. And that's that's the big that's the big shift I think that has to happen because digital and technology need to fade away into the background and it just needs to be. Right? And as soon as you get to that world of be, all of a sudden you start to think about things very differently. And there's companies today that are doing an amazing job with this. I mean, Sephora is one company, really an amazing company to watch from a retail perspective on how they seamlessly blend and I can I for small businesses this is tough because they, they have to they can't invest in this kind of stuff to make it sure. happen but what you're seeing with the large companies always comes down to the smaller companies right. they're blending it's becoming seamless mm-hmm. it doesn't matter anymore and their consumers don't see Sephora as a retail store and a website and a mobile it's just one experience mm-hmm. right and I think that's the challenge right now that, that small businesses have is who can solve that that experiential problem and really make it in scale for small businesses. As I don't think it's fully been solved yet, but it, it's it's going to it's definitely going to happen. So I agree with you. Consumers are getting more demanding, but the reality is they're they're going to only continue to get more demanding because the people that recognize the old world, you know, death is going to take care of that problem, <laughs> right? They're all going to die off, and they're going to be living in a world of very very high demand. Not even high demand. It's just the way it's supposed to be. Yes, that's right. That's right. Darby, I, I uh, really appreciate your spending some time with us. And I, I think Kevin was right. We could talk all day. Well, we'll <laughs> hopefully get you back on. I do have one last question. That's uh, as we as we look at your all the work you've done helping businesses and as a marketer helping businesses market. What kind of what what is the what would you say is the biggest lesson for businesses right now? I think the biggest lesson for businesses right now is is don't don't chase. And this sounds terrible, but don't don't chase the dragon. Don't chase the technology dragon. Um, take a step back. Really understand first of all what problem you're trying to solve for the consumers that you're working with, and ask yourself the question: Where are those pain points for my existing customers to try to deal with me? Second, you know your employee base. If you're a company that has employees, is pretty important as well. And so understand the pain points that your employees have, because if you can eliminate some of those, 
that actually becomes a really good problem. You solve actually the problem for your consumers. And then three, once you identify what those are, find the technical solutions that can actually solve those specific problems. Don't put technology in the forefront to try to solve a problem that may actually not be the real problem you're trying to solve. Thank you very much. Kevin, thank you very much for uh, being part of the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank and you. Dar and Darby, thank you very much as well. All right, have a great day.